of the 50 greatest NBA players of all time, Charles Barkley. Rich Ryan is my favorite coach. Why is that? Just to think about it, a coach who is the freakiest of players, I love that. <laughs> the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. So when I do analysis, my name is the Bituation. So I should refer to you, Steven Soderbergh, as the Bituation. Yes, that's my name. What is your name again? The Bituation. He's none other than Reggie Wayne. I get a, a, a text on my two-way from Reed. Oh, it's my buddy. You know, it's my bro. My amigo. A padre. Homie. Open it up and look at it. It says, Law Dead. <laughs> Playoff expert. Charles Barkley, Charles. Look, I want to know who's going to win the Super Bowl. Go game by game until, until you give me a winner. The Packers would then go to Atlanta. I actually think Green Bay wins that game. The Saints go to Chicago. The Bears win again. The Jets, Patriots, AFC Divisional Weekend game. I'm going to go with the Patriots. The Steelers host the Chiefs. Oh, the Steelers. Let me know how my picks turn out. Uh, I'll, be pay- I'll be paying close attention. Charles Barkley, he got three of four right. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do... I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to a new edition of the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's. Eight National Football League playoff games are in the books. Only three remain, and those three games have quite a bit to live up to. What an incredible beginning to the 2010 National Football League postseason that we have seen this year the wild card games were stupendous where both the championship teams from the conferences of last year were eliminated on the very first day of the playoffs and then came the divisional playoffs as expected the division games the two games in which the teams were facing one another for the third time this year Ravens at Steelers Jets at Patriots proved to be the most intense games of the entire postseason to date Aaron Rodgers a performance of the ages. If you take a look at his numbers through the first three years of being a starting quarterback in Green Bay and you compare them to Bart Starr's first three years and you compare them to Brett Favre's first three years, guess who has the best numbers? That would be Aaron Rodgers, who, as Warren Sapp and Marshall Falk said on NFL Game Day morning on Sunday, the morning after Rodgers torched the Atlanta Falcons, they both said, that he is the best thrower of the football they have ever seen outside of the pocket. Michael Vick, Michael Vick outside of the pocket. Aaron Rodgers outside of the pocket. Michael Irvin said they are comparable. And he has an arm, uh, as Marshall Falk said, of Jeff George. And he's also got the brains of somebody like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. He is right now the best quarterback in the NFL postseason. And he's the most dangerous player remaining in the NFL postseason. And the Bears will have their hands full after they took care of the Seattle Seahawks. But the Jets and the Patriots and the Ravens and the Steelers, my goodness, those games were as intense a game as you will ever see. And we're going to talk about it at length on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Uh, We have a full lineup in store. Paul Rudd is going to join us, the actor and big-time Kansas City Chiefs fan. He'll join us on the program. Phil Simms. The analyst who called the Jets and Patriots game the most watched division playoff game in the history of the NFL on TV. Phil Sims will join us on this podcast, as will the new head coach of the University of Michigan, 
My apologies to all you Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan State and Minnesota and Iowa and Northwestern fans and, of course, all the other Big Ten teams. Brady Hoke's going to join us on this podcast, and I'm going to kick the tires on the new football coach wearing maize and blue. He will join us also. But let's now get to our first guest on this championship week edition of the Rich Eisen podcast. He is the lead analyst of the NFL on CBS. He just called, along with Jim Nance, the most watched game in the history of the divisional playoffs. Wow. That is true, Phil Simms. More- you, you think I'll get a raise? I don't know. you got to speak to McManus about that Yeah, okay. One. Well, that conversation's already over. Is it over? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think it has to do – What? why do you think more, more people watch that game on a divisional – playoff basis than any other game because uh, obviously it has the star power do you think the smack talk had something to do with it always? oh i think it gained attention and you know quite honestly rich is i watched all the coverage during the week and listen on the radio read the papers I, I didn't know if there was any nfc games going on i swear <laughs> it was it was incredible the build-up to the ravens in pittsburgh and the jets in new england it was big the weather and just the interest in football the stars of the game tom brady uh, and, of course, it was at the right time, too. It was late on Sunday, mm-hmm. which is the biggest time for watching NFL football. What do you think happened in that game that the Jets not only uh, were one touchdown better than the Patriots, but they were one touchdown better than a team that was 42 points better than them than they the last time they faced one another? Well, you know, I probably look back and wish I'd have said some of these things. But, you know, first off, you always got to be careful about regular season games you know, what's it mean to each team, uh, physical well-being, where they are emotionally. There's a lot of issues like that. And then, of course, I watched the game very closely a couple times leading up to my game on Sunday or the game I was doing, and everything fell the way for the Patriots. You know, they had the right play on at the right time. There was guys there to make the play for the Jets. They didn't make it. The Patriots did. And I kind of look back over the game. I go, wow, it was about four or five plays that really got this game out of hand. And I knew the Jets were going to change their style of play, and uh, you know that, that their style of play immediately was going to turn the score around. Then they just made some plays to go ahead and win the game. They, they dressed 11 cornerbacks for that game. 11. Have you ever seen a team dress 11 cornerbacks? No, no, but I know this. The night before the game, you know, Rex Ryan, we talked about the telecast, Drew Coleman, they weren't sure if he was going to make it. And I tell you, Rex Ryan was breathing heavy thinking about it. Oh, hope he can go. Sure, hope he can make it. You know, it was pretty funny to watch him because he knew he needed all those defensive backs for a lot of reasons, the way they were going to play. And when you play that kind of energy, they they did rotate people in and out of the game a lot, too, to, to keep them as fresh as they could. Uh, if you think about it, what, what Rex has done in the playoffs by beating Manning and Brady back-to-back if I had told you he was going to beat them back-to-back without really rushing the passer with his typical bravado, right? Uh, what would you have said to me? Because that's what he's done the past two weeks. Yeah, well, listen, um, it's not second-guessing on my part. I thought somewhere in the middle of the year, I said, look, the Jets got to change the way they play. And, uh, you know, I said it on air, I said it during a game, and they just couldn't – the blitzing, it was last year's deal. And, you know, you know, Rich, the NFL changes. And everybody studied it all all season. They found ways to block it. And also, more importantly, everybody was putting it in for their own defense. And so they practiced against it all the time, and they got good at it. And so finally, the Jets changed. And I think what really made them change it was the New England game. That's when they went back to being a little more careful on defense 
and they went back to the reasons that they did well in the playoffs last year, run it, and be very careful when you throw it. It sounds easy. It's hard to do, but the Jets have done it. Well, the Jets basically plastered the Patriot receivers. Um, they hit them when they were coming off the line. They always seemed to right. have a hand on somebody. They were within the five-yard zone. Someone was getting hit. And and they seemed to just con- not confuse Brady. They just made him wait. And, and my question for you is, wouldn't Randy Moss have changed that game had he been in a Patriot uniform? You know, I haven't heard that question yet. I really haven't. And no, because I think we saw there's a reason why they let him go. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Minnesota let him go. Did he play in Tennessee? I mean, I think that that question is answered. And I don't. And I know this, Rich, and you know it too. The Jets absolutely had no fear of Randy Moss. And and if he was there, maybe Tom Brady would have thrown a few passes down the field deep. No, I don't think it would have changed the game, and I don't think Randy Moss would have been a factor. What do you think the Patriots were doing in that fourth quarter? There was such a they, they took seven and a half minutes off the clock, sort of methodically moving down the field. It looked like they were up by ten. Yeah. I know you made some comments during the game about that. You didn't think it was that big of a deal. What do you what were what do you think they were thinking then at this? Well, time? there's a lot of things. You know, the thing is, you look at the clock, you measure it, you see what you got. Timeouts, two minute warning. And when you, no matter how you slice it, you're probably going to get two possessions. So the Jets were playing the extra defensive backs. They were going to try to make them run. And as I said to somebody, what, do you want them to hurry up and throw it? Yeah, the throwing game was really clicking. Let's go with that. So, right. uh, you know, hindsight is great. I know there was a little sense of urgency from Bill Belichick late in that drive. But, um, you know, overall, of course, if I had a problem with it, I'd have said something. I'd, it did not bother me. And, in fact... I think most announcers mm-hmm. overplay that situation. Oh, you got to you got to be in a sense of urgency. Oh, Christ. You know, you you play the game. You you get a feel for how you think it can play out in your favor. They did that. Uh, yeah, could they have picked it up a little? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but you know, overall, I think they were looking at it two possessions. We need to score both times to win the game. It did look your cameras caught Belichick uh, barking at somebody on the headset. Yeah, well, he was barking. He wasn't. He was barking at Bill O'Brien, who was pretty close to him, right. who was the offensive coordinator. I said it. I thought he said something along the lines, Pat, "Throw the ball or pass the ball." Right. Yeah. So I think I was right, even though I'm not a very good lip reader. <laughs> but uh, yeah. You know, but I think he did say that because you know what? When they ran at that play, it was the perfect situation. It was second and two, if I remember. And I think he wanted to try to get a, a cheap play in there to get a pass because always in second and two, the defense is going to be thinking run. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Jets do now? New wrinkle against Ben Roethlisberger because Ben is Ben. You can keep hitting Ben. You know what I mean? Like Ben, Ben, Ben can have his nose broken and it doesn't matter to him. How do you think Rex puts a new wrinkle against Ben Roethlisberger to get a second win against this team in just a five week span? Yeah, well, it'll be different. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go back to blitzing a little more, uh, just because I think they got that they will believe they have a better chance of getting to Ben Roethlisberger, and the Steelers won't be able to pick up some of the things they do. Now, the the Patriots have already proven to them that they had the answers to the blitz, so they weren't going to go down that road again. But the big thing in this game is uh, it's not Tom Brady you're going after; it's Ben Roethlisberger. So if you drop everybody and only rush three. 
he will move around much more than Tom Brady did, and I think that becomes a big factor. And what do you think uh, this game looks like when we see it on CBS at 6.30 p.m. Eastern kicking off with you and Nance in the booth? What do you it, think? It, you know, Rich, I, I can't imagine. It's the first one to 20 wins. I mean, 20 is a magic number mm-hmm. when these two teams play. And and if they do what they did the last time, you know, there were a couple good drives. They execute a lot of plays. And I'm going, wow, the Jets are really playing well. And you go, yeah, they only got three points, and we're in the third quarter, but they're really playing well. <laughs> and, and, and you you know, I kind of believe that. They're, it's one of the – both teams, you can execute a lot of plays, but you don't get it in the end zone. You can't make that big play that gets it done. And I know that's uh, especially true when you're trying to go against the Steelers. Yeah, they got a Brad Smith opening game kickoff in Week 15 that was crucial because this team, the last time they scored an offensive touchdown in the first quarter was Week 4 against Brett Favre and Randy Moss on Monday Night Football for the Vikings. Yeah, you know what? And Rich, I've done a lot of Jet games this year, enough of them. They sure aren't stressing over it, believe me. And I, I think they look at the first quarter. If you said to them at zero zero, they go, "Man, we love that," because they are they are just they just grind on you. That's what they want to do now. They just want to keep wearing on you and play their style, and they want to see if you're willing to play that style. It's a tough way to play. But wouldn't, you know? but wouldn't for Sanchez's confidence, and wouldn't it be just for the whole team to be able to play from ahead from the first time? Wouldn't that be just a, a huge confidence builder and a relief for that well, fact sure it would be but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't bet the farm on that you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying i just think it's going to be no matter what happens in the game right i just will be very very surprised if it's not just here we are six minutes to go in the game it's tied three-point lead i i you know i don't usually kind of say these things on a tuesday before my sunday game yes but that's about as safe as I can be and know it's the truth. Right. It's just it's the style they play. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they both have a little a few things that works against them that's gonna make this game close. And you know, the Steelers they're they are tremendous at playing games close. And even with it now, the Steelers get behind, I look at them as a team that is more capable of coming back just because of the experience and the talents of their quarterback. Well, if you take a look at Roethlisberger, then that throw that he made to Antonio Brown with uh, mere minutes to go to win that game, I mean, that that, that came out of nowhere. Well, I, I told somebody today, I can't wait to see Ben Roethlisberger on Friday. One of the first questions they're going to ask him is about that throw. And, you know, I, I watched it uh, on tape already. It went 55 yards in mm, the air. Goodness. But that's down the sideline, 55. So the actual uh, – Carrying of the ball was probably uh, 63, 64 yards, mm. maybe a little more than that. And it's in mid-January. He's thrown probably 10,000 passes this season so far. <laughs> and the only way you make that throw is you got to have those gloves on. And I really believe those gloves helped him propel the football. I don't think he can make that throw this time of year without those gloves. What do you, you, what do you make of Sanchez now, Phil? I mean, because you obviously know about playing quarterback in, in that city. You know about the expectation levels for a quarterback uh, with a great defense and a demanding head coach. You pretty much know what it is like. And he has four career playoff wins on the road right now. If he wins this AFC Championship game, he will have more career playoff wins on the road than anybody in NFL history. Well, yeah, you, you know, it's what do I make of him? I, I think maybe I, maybe Sunday I can dispel some myths about Mark Sanchez 
and you know people the numbers are never going to be great because the style of uh, the style of their football team it's not all about their quarterback it will be someday but it's not going to be this year and uh you know he's come through in the clutch he has shown no you know to me he shows toughness that he can throw the football in bad weather which i knew was going to be a big thing for him to do i think he answered that again this week up in New England, he did it in Chicago in snowy bad weather. He did it in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago against the Steelers, and uh, I think it's time that he gets some recognition for that. And everybody, quit going. Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite sold on Mark Sanchez. Well, right. be sold on him. It's over. It's 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 official. And I don't care how he plays this week. I think he's shown that he's meant to. You know, I don't usually say phrases like this, but he has shown he's mentally tough that he can handle the strain, the stress, and all the words thrown at him by the coaches, the media, whatever, and he's handled it well. I tell you, I'm in, I've been very impressed. And he is, again, taking his team to the AFC Championship game. Ben Roethlisberger, who has multiple rings just like Brady, is going to be in that game, and he, as you pointed out, an incredible throw against the Ravens. But in terms of quarterbacking that we've seen in these postseason, what Aaron Rodgers did on Saturday night, it just seemed to me that the only way that he was going to be beaten is if – Anybody uh, drop passes, fumbles. Greg Jennings, essentially, fumbling the ball in the first opening possession was the only way they're going to stop him. Where, where does Aaron Rodgers currently rank all-time? And I think it's a legitimate question, all-time, in terms of playoff performances that you've seen, Phil. Well, they couldn't drop the passes because he was making them stick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Those balls, you and I could have gone out there and, and hauled a few of those in there. And, of course, mm-hmm. I'd have had my eyes closed because I was afraid of getting hit. No doubt. But they were right on target, and it's the – there's a couple things. It's the velocity. It's all the positions that he threw all the passes from in the game, on the move, going left, throwing right, going sideways, getting his arm high. Through, whatever it took, he did it. And – and um and if anybody says to you on the set out there, you know, arm strength is overrated, you just go, bull crap. And it's a great thing to have. Look at the throws that he made. So many of those were made because he has a terrific, strong arm. The same with Jay Cutler. Do you think arm strength is overrated when we saw Ben Roethlisberger make some of those throws? No, I hear you. Yeah, I don't think so. So... You know, when I talk about arm strength, I'm like, of course you got to have all the other stuff. I understand that. But it's a great weapon in the NFL. And to answer your question, I've done this a few times today. I've talked about it. I think it's the best playoff performance I've ever seen. Really? In, ever. It was incredible. As I was watching it, I literally at times was laughing about it, going, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. I had the same reaction. You couldn't do anything but laugh. I, I just, you're right. When he came out of the pocket on the first drive of the third quarter, stepped up, then went out the back door, went to his left and threw the pass, I got a couple of texts, text messages, and I looked at them, and I can't even repeat to you what they said, except Aaron Rodgers is out there balling. And I went, wow, that, that about said it. He was on, and Rich, when the game was over, did you see his interviews? He was just matter-of-fact. Well, he was he was like the cat that swallowed the canary. Mm-hmm. I mean, he couldn't help but smirk every once in a while. And he just kept going, yeah, special night, special night. Yeah, it really was. I it mean, was special night, and it, it was special. It, it makes could, you think. I mean, I know this is twenty twenty hindsight, but what 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 were the Niners thinking? 
You know what I mean? I, I know Alex Smith had a super career at Utah, and how do you look? I, I, again, I, I, the hindsight may be twenty twenty. No, no, no. How, it, does that, it, how does that happen? Well, it, it, listen. I, when the two of them came out, I probably would have taken Alex Smith myself. Is that right? Oh, you know, yes. But trust me, it wouldn't have been anywhere close to the first pick of the draft. And you know, I go on the record usually about these quarterbacks every year. You know, I watch them. I think I kind of know. And I've been right most of the time with Aaron Rodgers. I was not right. And but, mm. but the guy I saw at Cal is not the guy that's playing. And where did you know, this guy I, come from? Then I saw I him his first year in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I saw nothing. I saw him the second year. I thought, you know, they have to be worried that this is not going to work out. And then I saw him year three. Brett Favre was still there. I was up there for two days in the summer. I watched him practice, and I caught it out of the corner of my eye, and I started turning. I watched him, and I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, it, it, Rich, it was like he transformed. And, you, you know, you can imagine he comes over. I said, hey, Aaron. He goes, hey, Phil. You know, we. I said, don't take this the wrong way. But, wow, what did you do? <laughs> and, then, and he goes, oh, no, no, it's okay. I'm not offended. He goes, man, I just, I just kind of got back to being natural. And then he said a few things. I said, Aaron, it's unbelievable, man. You, are, you got it. You, you found it whatever, it. whatever you did to teach yourself and to change, it worked. You remember he used to have the football by his ear and all that stuff. It was so unnatural. Now he just... He makes it look easy. He does. He does. His footwork is phenomenal, and he's dangerous, more dangerous running with the ball. He is. Because inside the tent, he's like Vic. He really is like Vic. I don't think that's an uh, an overstatement. Oh, I don't think it is either. I think when he comes out of the pocket, his first moves are absolutely as quick, and every bit is effective. But the difference is, now Michael Vick can get rid of – nobody can get rid of the football quicker than Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I just watched a bunch of tape on him yesterday. And I did some for Showtime that's going to come on tomorrow. Who knows how it's going to turn out when they cut it up. Yeah. But I was just saying some things to go, look how fast he can just decide to throw it and get it out of his hand. It's, it truly is like he's throwing a baseball. But he is taking on a team that uh, that knows him well, obviously. In division, no question. The, the division uh, records get thrown out. You, you, we just saw it on CBS this week, how phenomenal those two games were, just because they were division games, I think. Right, right. So now here come the Bears, who held them just 10 points in Week 17. When they when when they were they were going for the kill shot, now you know why they were going for the kill shot, the Bears, in Week 17. Hey, listen, I believe that. 100% when Lovey Smith, we want to win, we want Green Bay out. Oh, yeah. Now you and, know why. Well, yeah. I knew. I think we all knew then. We go, yeah, I'd get Aaron Rodgers out of this damn thing, too. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, the other thing is, the Packers have a lot of guys who are not afraid to make those plays to win games. I heard Dion say it one night, and I thought I was right. I can't even uh, quite say it the way he did. There's some cornerbacks who play not to get beat deep, mm-hmm. get beat deep, and there's others who play to make the play or something like that. I went, wow, that is that is a great statement about about corners in the NFL. And you know, the the Packers have some of those guys on defense that are not afraid, and they definitely, of course, have some of those guys on the offensive side too. So, who do you think wins that NFC game, the NFC Championship? Well, it's Tuesday, and um, you know, I always like a little more time to think about it and all that. But I know it's going to be close, and all those things. Can Aaron Rodgers come down from the high that he's had this week from playing such an unbelievable special game? And you know, my my real deep down instincts tell me no that you can't get off of that because mm-hmm. it was so great. Unbelievable. But 
I'm still going to take the Packers. Just they got a lot of guys out there. They right. they have more guys that can make plays in my mind than the than the Chicago Bears do. And I want to ask you about the the AFC game because you, you you know you and Nance have got to play it right straight down the middle. Well, sure, we're going to do it. And of course, I would never predict the game I'm going to do. And, do and you know, I'm scared of these NFL players. Let's be honest. I'm I, old. I can't fight my way out of nothing anymore. I understand anymore. it. I understand. And and so. plus, if Na- if Nance you know Nance is your 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 muscle, you know that. <laughs> I, you know, hey, hey, you never, hey, listen, you, you never know. Yeah. You know, some guys I know, hey, you know, he could be like an eight degree black belt. So you just got to be true. careful. That's true. You never know. Nance, hey, that, and that would be a tradition unlike any other. There, oh, very good. Drop it in there, big guy. So Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of dropping in, Aaron Rodgers is one of the final uh, nominees for the Air Player of the Year, and you are, uh, as always. Uh, the man who will announce the FedEx Air and Ground NFL Player of the Year awards at this year's Super Bowl. Right. We're going to do that February 2nd at the Super Bowl. We'll Fantastic. announce the Air and Ground winners. And uh, as always, the names are boldface and well-deserving. Brady Rivers Rogers. Right. Uh, the Air nominees. Ground nominees. I-, I like this. They're young guys. Yeah, new guys. Big-time new guys. Jamal Charles, Arian Foster, and Michael Turner. So you got you – got, I-, I know who I would choose. If, but who who do you think uh, – how do you handicap this field? Oh, I think it's a, a tremendous advantage. Aaron Rodgers is still in the in the no playoffs for the quarterbacks. And the Green Bay fans are – they they love this stuff. Yes, they will point and click the mouse. They will click it and keep clicking. So it's going to be tough for somebody to upset Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, the runners, man, I, I think that is tough. I'm going to take Jamal Charles. Is that right? I am. I think Kansas City – it's a town where they got the Chiefs, and I believe those fans will get into it. And uh, they're not looking at Jamal Charles and say, you lost the playoff game for us. Right. So they still like him. And I think it'll be Jamal Charles. It'll be interesting to see. And fans can vote at NFL.com slash FedEx. Right. Until they, have, they have until January 28th to do That's it. Right. That's right. In fact, what they can do right now is while they're listening to this podcast on NFL.com, just you know, open a new window and, and point and click the mouse and vote as as, as often as you know. What I'm going to go home uh, later today and I'm sure. going to vote. I'm not going to tell you. Well, no, no you download. We could down, download my podcast too. I can oh, really? Download downloads. Podcast. I'll have my daughter do that for me. I, I hate to admit it. I'm still not quite hip oh, with all the stuff. But I have enough people around me to help me get it done. But I'm getting there. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be one of those that says I'm not going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to learn to to try to be. Up with all the latest technology. There you go. And as well, you just being on a podcast alone will will will, will take care of that. And Alrighty. as you pointed out, that the uh, voting is still up for grabs. So I think Rogers is going to win that too because he's he's still. I mean, he's as fresh in everybody's mind. Ground nominees. I I thought Aaron Foster had an incredible year. I thought he was super, and he was he was great out of the backfield. He was running it or or catching it. I thought I'm, he was super. I'm doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Are the Houston Texans fans? Are they are they strong enough to vote him in? Well, you that's, just called him out. You just well, that's him. right. I called him out. We'll see. <laughs> the history with this. This is my fourth year doing it. History tells me they. I you know that's why I'm picking Jamal Charles because I got a little history. I remember who wins these things, mm-hmm. and and uh, cities like Kansas City seem to get behind their stars, just like we said about Green Bay. Well, I look forward to seeing you uh, in the booth, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS for the AFC title game. That is, I, I'm going to go out and, and say right now, I don't want to jinx it, 50 million people are going to really? watch that one. Well, that, is, million. That, is that a big one? Is that a big rating? Be, that would be humongous. That oh, would, it would. That okay. would be half a Super Bowl, man. I mean, oh, really? Be, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, I yeah, like I mean, it. more people are watching you than American Idol right now, Phil. Really? True story. 
Damn, I wish I had some talent to show them, but I just, we just have to do it what we got. Uh, yeah. Well, all you got is, is uh, I look forward to seeing you and Nance in your CBS Sports Blazers. Yes, we will. No matter how cold it is, I will have my blazer do you on. Have a, do you get a new one of those every year? Or yes, because, yes, we do. We get a whole, we get one of them. brand spanking new ones. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, they are. They're they're great. You know, I always, uh, uh, this is okay. Why do we wear them and the people in the studio don't? Great question. Yeah, I just I've always posed That's that question, good, and they just tell me, "Hey, just shut up and put your jacket yeah, on." I know. Okay, gotcha. Plus, I, I think Shannon's just going to do his own thing, you know, with the big, big knots and the gingham shirts and all that. I yeah, know. you know, what do you have a pink sweater on this week, Hunter? I tell you, man, the I man can, can style. He can, he can style. He's not afraid. You know, every once in a while, you got to take a fashion risk. He is not afraid. Phil, I appreciate you calling. Okay, on. Rich. Thanks, my man. pleasure. You bet. That's Thanks, man. Phil Sims of CBS. And again, FedEx Aaron Ground NFL Player of the Year Awards. You can vote at NFL.com slash FedEx until Friday, January 28th. Now, I've been fortunate to be at this job on a national scale for 15 years now. And uh, because I've been covering so many sports in so many different places, I'm not as emotionally invested in sports as I used to be. And I'm not complaining about it. I love what I do for a living. But there are still some teams out there uh, with whom I'm I'm emotionally invested. And my alma mater, the University of Michigan, is, is one of those teams, one of those places. So with the Wolverines getting a new football coach, I figured I had to fo- uh, phone him up and speak to the man who holds my emotions in <laughs> the palms of both of his hands. And that is Brady Hoke joining us on the line right now, the University of Michigan's new football coach. Coach, you hold my emotions. You hold them. You know, that's a little scary. But uh, you know what? We're we're excited and privileged and humbled to hold your emotions. I can tell you that. It's very, I mean, they're fragile, too. They're fragile yeah, well, emotions as well. Well, hopefully, hopefully we can get you a little more confident and not as fragile. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I think I, I speak for a lot of alums, too, that were genuinely concerned about the state of the football team over the last few years. And hearing you, just hearing you, just even just hearing you has uh, put us on better footing. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I when I hear that. And and I don't know if 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 you took that into account when you first stepped to the podium last week to ex- accept the job. Well, you know, I appreciate that. But I, uh, the one thing I can tell you that is uh, uh, all very heartfelt emotion about the University of Michigan, about the legacies and the tradition and the the guys who wear that helmet and the school and the education and everything that goes along with it. You know, I, uh, we had great, great times in eight years in Ann Arbor and, uh, we're very fortunate, uh, to be there and we're excited to be there now. And, uh, we hit the ground running and, uh, uh, you know, those kids that are up there, uh, uh, we're going to embrace and we're going to teach and we're going to do everything that, uh, we know how to do to make Michigan football what it should be. Pro style offense, right, Coach? Is that what you got yes. going? Okay. Yep. And that because yep. the thirty yards in the cloud of dust that we've seen the last three years, and unfortunately not as much, was it was just very difficult for for me to accept. Uh, the question is, though, Denard Robinson excelled at that offense. How how are you sure. going to be able to work him in to this new pro style offense with you and Al Borges, well, your OC? Well. Well, the one thing, Rich, I can tell you, you know, you, you never try and put a, a square peg in a round hole. And 
Uh, this isn't about coaches, and it's not about a coach. It's not about a scheme. It's about taking the uh, the kids that are there and uh, as much as you possibly can, making sure that we're going to uh, use their abilities and what they do. And, you know, Denard, first and foremost, is an unbelievable young man, and we've had some tremendous conversations uh, Al Borges has had tremendous conversations with him, and uh, I hired Al uh, because of his knowledge, the vast knowledge. He is a true football junkie, and uh, I guess the one thing I would tell you, you know, there's a guy named Vic who seems to have settled pretty well in Philadelphia with a pro-style attack. And so defensively, where do we stand here? Uh, where you're, Are you in the midst of, of sifting through defensive coordinator candidates right now? Well, yeah. You know, the one thing I wanted to do is get the offense. I'm a defensive coach. I'm a defensive-minded coach. I, I believe defense wins the championships. And uh, in those tough games, you've got to count on your defense to create some opportunities for your offense or keep people out of the end zone. So I wanted to make sure the offense was uh, where it needed to be. And I knew having Al that he would do a tremendous job on that side of the ball. And now defensively, there's some candidates who I've talked to. There's uh, some people that I'm very interested in. And I was going to take that part of it a little slower because we need to play defensive Michigan. And that's uh, what uh, Michigan has always stood for. So we've got some work to do there. Now, uh, (laughs) how much of of Bo have you retained as a head coach? Brady, because he was there, obviously, uh, as the emeritus while you were there for eight years, winning five Big Ten championships and a national championship. <laughs> How much of Bo is in you? Well, you know, I think it uh, uh, it's kind of happened from growing up. You know, my dad played for Woody Hayes at uh, Miami of Ohio and always loved Woody. I uh, had a great deal of respect. Uh, in my family, uh, my brother coaches for the Bears, and I have two sisters. And in our family, you didn't get married or you didn't have children during football season. That was a general rule. And uh, I think being in Michigan and being brought up the way we were as a football family and and uh, being around Bo and having that ability, uh, Lloyd, obviously, Coach Moeller, uh, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So it's something that uh, – uh, is a big part of me and just a big part of who I am. Give me a good Bo story when he came out. Oh, to you. He must have oh, been all over you if you were the D-line coach. I mean, you're in well, the trenches. no question. You know, the one thing Bo would always do is, you know, you go out to practice and, uh, you know, you'd meet with him in the office a little bit and do those kind of things. And he'd be out of practice and you'd want your guys watching. If they weren't in taking that rep, you want them to watch. And I'd look over there and he'd be slapping them in the belly and he'd be laughing with them and, so I went over one day and said, Coach, you know, we're really uh, trying to get some things done here and, and want these guys to pay attention. And, of course, he uh, uh, just gave me that look, and I knew I probably was close to overstepping my bounds. <laughs> close to it, though, right? Yeah, just, yeah, just close to it. Right, I like that. So uh, what was Tom Brady like when, uh, when uh, he was on campus? And did you see at all what he has become? Back then. You know, I, I would like to say I did, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, Tom was uh, a guy who uh, took everything in. Uh, you're talking about tre- tremendously intelligent, hard worker, studied the game, and 
I can remember in the first uh, Super Bowl that they won uh, against St. Louis when uh, St. Louis uh, scored. And I think there was a minute 18 or something like left on the clock. And my wife, Laura, and I were sitting there watching the game, and I said, they gave him too much time. Mm. And because uh, that year, his senior year, his last year, I believe there were eight, eight games that we were behind in the second half or in the fourth quarter that Tom came back and led us to victory. But he, was he struggling with the fact that he had a shared time with Drew Henson at the time? You know, you, I, you never saw it. Never saw that. Never saw any kind of uh, angst about that or, you know, uh, uh, negative emotion at all. You know, I, I think like most guys, Rich, when they when they come to Michigan, they know it's about team and they know it, it's about Michigan. So, I thought uh, he handled the situation unbelievably well. I love it. I love. I just love the way you're talking, Coach. I know I'm making all the Ohio State and Minnesota <laughs> and Wisconsin and Penn State fans listening to this podcast sick, but I don't care for the moment. I want them to well, continue listening. Okay. But that's where you, you know, know. We don't expect them to be happy. It's up to you to make them unhappy. You know, that's exactly right. That's up to you, uh, Charles Woodson. When you were yeah. when you were on the staff, he was winning Heisman's and uh, and yeah. the national championship. What was he like uh, at the time in terms of trying to get better? Because he was already a man among boys when he was on well, the field. <clears throat> the one thing, and I've, I've used this story a lot man, with the different teams I've been with and been the head coach of. Uh, no one worked harder than Charles Woodson. Uh, particularly uh, getting ready for the 97 season. Uh, he didn't lose uh, um, at anything, whether it was uh, summer conditioning, winter conditioning, a gasser, some sort of run, what, whatever it was. He, his competitive nature, his competitiveness, his toughness uh, that he brought to Michigan and brought to our football team and brought to that defense, he was unbelievably, and I – I got a chance to, to uh, be with Charles during the summer at a Michigan function, and uh, we just sat there, and I, I complimented him. I thanked him for that because uh, he, if guys would work as hard and with the competitiveness and the toughness that Charles works with, uh, I'll tell you, we're going to have one great football team. How, much have you, how many guys have you heard from already in the first week? From back in the day, uh, it's who been, have you heard uh, from? Well, you know Steve Hutchinson, Charles, Tom, uh, you know Glenn Steele, James Hall, Jared Irons. I mean, I, I could go through a list of guys, uh, John Jansen, of guys who uh, have uh, you know were either at the press conference or immediately after the press conference. Uh, uh, I got phone calls from, and and you know that that's what makes Michigan great. Have you heard from Con- Have you heard from Congressman Runyon? Have you heard from yeah, him? You know what? I, I have not heard from Big John. <laughs> I, I can tell you that he. Uh, uh, I was here one year with John. He came out as a junior, and mm-hmm. uh, we had a guy named Glenn Steele who mm-hmm. was a defensive end and uh, was an All American. And I'm talking. You're talking about battles in practice. I mean, uh, if you uh, if you battled like that. And they battled like that on Saturdays. I knew we were going to be in good shape. And um, your brother has a pretty big game coming up this weekend. Your brother, yes, he does. Your brother, yes, he does. Your brother John is the DB coach for the Chicago Bears. Uh, what What is he telling you about the Bears' season and how they're preparing? I mean, your brother has got one of the most red hot quarterbacks aiming for his guys <laughs> this weekend in Aaron Rodgers. 
You, you know, uh, Rich, you know, because of what we do mm-hmm. and because of our work schedules and everything, we, we get to talk for about a minute uh, or two minutes. I called him after the win on Saturday, on uh, Sunday and uh, just told him uh, great job and, uh, you know, enjoy that one, but get ready for the next one. But, you know, he's, uh, you know, he loves the Bears. He loves the guys he's coaching. Uh, you know, Coach Smith and that whole group have done a tremendous job, and they're playing pretty good defense. And, uh, you know, Jay had a nice day the other day. So you're getting uh, – you're right now – you're, you're calling me in between recruiting visits? Is that what's going on right now? I, yes, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in a high school right now as we speak. Is that right? Can you, yeah. can you tell me what state you're in? What, what state are uh, you in? The state of Ohio. There you go. Go right in there and get their best player <laughs> and put them in maize and blue and stick it to the scarlet and gray. That's what you got to do. Well, I can tell you one thing. You know, we're going to do a great job in the state mm-hmm. of Michigan, and we're, we're going to do a great right. job – in the state of Ohio, we're going to work our tails off, and we have a lot of respect for what Coach Trussell and uh, they've done down there at Ohio. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we, we've got to go compete, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, Desmond came from that state. Elvis came from that state. Charles Woodson yep. came from that state. I mean, it's it. There's a history. There's a you it, come from that state. Bows come from that state. It's a history here. The border. Well, war. there is. You know, and you know one thing: the guys who will be. Uh, in those wing helmets from the from uh, the state of Ohio, they know it and they understand what that game means well, and what that game's all about. Well, it's just a relief knowing that we've got a coach that isn't going to give the number one to a rookie defensive back, and we've got—I don't mean to denigrate here—but uh, it just is a relief. It's a relief that uh, somebody of your uh, background is now at the controls here, Coach. And I, I just wanted to phone you up and sort of give you an unofficial entry interview and fill you out. And I think uh, I, I hope it's been enjoyable for you. Well, it's been great, Rich. And uh, believe me, we've enjoyed what you do and following your and uh, any time or anything we can do, please don't hesitate to call. I will do that, Brady. Thanks very much. Good luck and go, go pick us out a winner there in the state of Ohio. Pick us out a winner. Yeah. Go blue. All right, there you go. Go blue. Brady Hoke, everybody. The University of Michigan head coach. He just sounds like a head coach. It sounded like there was some Rex Ryan in him, but obviously a more straight lace. He's going to do great. Rex Ryan. You think so? Barry Shireas joining us here back on the podcast, one of the original Hot Topics uh, producers (laughs) from NFL Network, rejoining the podcast. It feels good. Good to see you. Thank you. Kara Henderson back on the podcast. Yay. So good to be here. Fresh back from... The Bears beating the Seattle Seahawks, ending the magic carpet ride, turning the carriage back into a pumpkin, and sending Pete Carroll back to Seattle where he fired his offensive coordinator on Tuesday. Class act. Jeremy Bates, out. Michael Lombardi actually said on game day morning that they're going to treat this offseason like they were a 7-9 team, and I guess he was spot on. He was spot on. So good to see you guys. Good to be here. Uh, Bardia, where were you for the, uh, <laughs> for the playoff game? Didn't take long, let's get right, Let's get right into this, because I heard a rumor, because you, you, uh, you were not locked into all the playoff games this weekend, because it was your off day. Right. Where, where were you during the uh, Ravens-Steelers game? Where were you? Uh, I was all over the place. What do you, no, <laughs> wait a minute. Where were you? Throw it out there. I was at the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Dis- you were Disneyland. Yes, I was. Disneyland. Disneyland. And uh, why is that? Why were you in Disneyland? Uh, I was off, and uh, it was a nice day. And, and what of... you do on your own time? Yeah, is... it's, my time is my time. It's not our time. It's just... <laughs> it sounds like fast times. Yeah, it at is. Mr. Hawk. 
If it makes you feel any better, I was in the Neiman Marcus on Michigan you Avenue. You see, and no one's busting your chops about that, right? And I got back in, in the third <laughs> quarter. I got back to my hotel room in the third quarter, and I was like, I was so mad at myself. I, I'm like, I probably missed everything. Turned it on, 21 to 7 Steelers. Right. I'm like, I missed it all. Yeah. Neiman Marcus, Matterhorn, it's all the same. And then the wheels came off, and it I watched did. That was like an NBA all. game where you, did, you could just tune in late and, and get most of it. Um, they, and th- the wheels did come off. Did, you saw none of the Ravens Steelers? Well, here's the deal. I saw... I saw really from the middle of the third quarter on. So just like you. Exactly. Right. So we saw the whole thing. What else did Pretty we need much. to see? But I got out of it by, you know, there, were, there was a long line for one of those goofy rides. And I gave the uh, the old, oh, my stomach hurts from the nuggets that I <laughs> ate. So I got to go. But who are you giving the excuse to? Your uh, girlfriend? Yeah, and a couple of her friends. So I'm like, I'll, I got to go use the uh, the restroom. I found you couldn't a, just I, be straight up? No, nah, I found a sports bar in downtown Disney and watched the end of the game an hour and a half later. <laughs> they already called the paramedics to see if I was all right. Right, and? I was fine. Okay, yeah. so suddenly you just you, you, you got over... Yeah, I said do not eat at like Buzz Lightyear's Cafe there. So <laughs> yeah. No here. Mickey Mouse, yeah. like ice cream Oh, head. man. And what a game that was. Did you ever was. let her yeah. know that that's what you went to do? I'm sure if once she hears this, I'll be figured out. Yeah, I know. She loves the podcast, <laughs> so not I'm like, sure she's tuning she, right well, in. Well, hey, listen, it goes international. We're she's, international. She's hip to my game. Yeah, she sensed, <laughs> right. she sensed after you were gone for an hour and a half. She's, she's like, like, hey, how are you minute. feeling? I'm like, what a game. I mean, I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> what a game that was, too. Awesome. I mean, awesome. it's that turned. The Ravens had it. They're going to be kicking themselves all offseason. I know fans of the Ravens right now are really just... It's tough to handle because they would have had the AFC Championship right. game at home. Subsequently, after the Jets win, they would have been hosting the right to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. And that just, it just unraveled. And, and, and Flacco did the right thing. He checked down to his running back on third and long, deep in his own end. And Ray Rice, of all people, fumbled first time all year. First time all year. And, that, and it just unraveled from there. And you just saw it on, like, Ed Reed's face. I mean, this guy was going to retire last year. The, the door, the mm-hmm. window, whatever you want to call it, is closing for these guys. Mm-hmm. The exit, whatever exit he chooses to use one day. But he was on the, the podcast. I don't know if you, I know I have, have a, a podcast. podcast? Yes. No he, way. He was, he was on here a month ago. He said he wants to play deep into his uh, into his thirties. Well, well that's he great. He's can. fun to watch, and he brings it every week. He's awesome. Right. So, uh, what did you think of uh, the Steelers moving forward? What do you think of their chances against the Jets? Uh, we were just talking about it off air, the pre-interview, I guess. Yes. And you know they they beat the Jets beat them, but without <laughs> but without Troy, mm-hmm. and you brought it without Heath Miller. Without Heath Miller back in week. But 15, I think yes. they could get to Ben, and I you know, I think they could get to Ben, and it just seems like this is the Jets' year in a weird way, considering everything they've been through, starting from hard knocks on down. And when you look at it, every off-season acquisition they've made has hit, they've hit home runs on all of them. Cromartie. Every one of them. Holmes. Jason Taylor. Right. Holmes. LT. Yeah. I mean, what have they done that's been wrong? The draft, you know, not to pick nits, the draft, uh, you know, Ducasse has been inactive. He was not at, he was active actually for that game on uh, on Sunday. And Joe McKnight, I mean, he's been he's been nowhere. Yeah, but what else do you want? I mean, well, what you want else? is you you need draft picks that are going to actually. Vernon Golston, you want him to oh, be. Oh goodness doing gracious, something? he was inactive. He was inactive all the playoff games. I think he's so. been active for but, his whole career. But, uh, but Tannenbaum <laughs> is getting uh, Tannenbaum is getting uh, uh, appropriate kudos right now, as, as should Rex Ryan. Absolutely. I mean, what he's done uh, in the first two weeks of this postseason by sort of spooking Peyton Manning by not going after him. And then Tom Brady just plastering between the line of scrimmage and 15 yards deep into the secondary and getting these guys down before they can get uh, serious yards after the catch. That 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 all that what it, what it did is it led to pressure with four guys up front. It was crazy. 
they had something they haven't been able to do in weeks. And it all worked out. I think the intangible, too, for this team is so strong. I mean, you look at the Patriots, for example, and, you know, there's not a player on that team that's going to say that they don't respect Bill Belichick to the core. Mm -hmm. But do they love him? I mean, these guys, these Jets players love Rex Ryan. And the emotion of the playoffs, I think the intangible aspect of this team is is so strong, too, that you can't discount that. It's going to be tough to go into Pittsburgh, though, and do it again. It just is. Because you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. You can get to him. You can get to him. You can break his nose. It's not going to hurt. It's not, <laughs> he it, it doesn't is, matter. I'm telling you, he's unbelievable. You know he has as many playoff wins as Peyton Manning? Yes, sir. And he can, in, he, in like eight less games. I know. He has as many, nine career I don't think anyone's going to be cursing about him on the front page of, or back page. See, of that's the, New York the whole Post. thing, too, is the Jets The that's, Jets have already said this week it's not personal, and they, they've pulled it back. They've pulled is it that back. Bad? What could he say I don't bad know. About Tomlin? I don't know. But what could he say bad about Mike Tomlin? I mean, somebody should just drop an F bomb on poor Troy Polamalu just for the <laughs> sake of it, to just get themselves fired <laughs> up. You know? Yeah, make fun of Hines. Call out Dick LeBeau. Call out Dick LeBeau. <laughs> he's a lightning rod. Call him out. He he's, really he's is. a lightning rod. <laughs> He is a lightning rod. And and all of this discussion, because everybody is, because that game, by the way, did you see the ratings for that game? Enormous. Have you seen the rate? Have you heard? 43.5 million people. The best rating a divisional playoff game has posted ever. Wait till this Sunday. And then the Saturday, Ravens, the Ravens and uh, Steelers game was the best uh, rating a divisional playoff game pulled on a Saturday since 1988. Now, it would have been the best ever if you weren't on the Matterhorn. <laughs> I'm not a You could have been a factor, Barty. You could have been a factor. I'm not a Nielsen family. Okay, so then, then yeah, it's, it's, a, a it's, it's a wash. It's a wash. It's a wash. It's a wash. I like it's a wash. it. Then all of this talk, because the Jets were in such a huge audience, and the Ravens and Steelers, the two division games were the, clearly the better playoff games because they know each other. It was the third meeting, and it's more of a, a blood rivalry, blood sport. It's sort of put a little bit on the back burner Aaron Rodgers' performance on Saturday night. That was ridiculous. That performance was ridiculous. Can you do it? I mean, it's amazing because I saw them week 17 play the Bears and they were just kind of pedestrian Mm -hmm. that week. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got it done, but they didn't do anything great. So... You know, as the the players in the Bears locker room were saying, you know, once we started watching him, it's just he just had that look like he was in the zone and, and going. But he was in the dome. What's it going to be like when they go to Soldier Field mm-hmm. this week? Will he be able to do that kind of thing again? I don't know. Against this Bears team, we'll see what the weather's like. The yeah. field. Everybody's complaining about the field. It's be a mess. You know what the Bears are like? The Bears remind me of like the old Celtics, where they know where all the the dead right, spots right, right, right. is. Right. Like it just seems that everybody else is slipping, yeah. but the Bears are are like on on water skis yeah. out there, you know, and they they just know where all of the problems are on that field. And I guess the NFL is going to walk in this week and. George Tomba going to be there? I think I think George Tomba may, may be in Chicago. Maybe you because you, you're going players, to be in Chicago I all will week. Be. I'm leaving maybe, today. Maybe you you, today. you can get a steak at Gibson's with the uh, with George Tomba. That, that sounds wonderful. And I'll just break bring, bread with the Sod God this but week. But it is funny. You see all the guys out there before the game. They have like four cleats under their arm. They're all trying to figure out which one to wear. Is it's that like right? that cleat story. Right. You know that one that right. you're like oh, you kind of roll your eyes at. Really, and we're going to have to talk about the cleat and hold the cleat up. And this is the one they're wearing. I watch you Sunday morning. Yeah, on our six hour. Believe me. We'll have with six hours of NFL game day morning. We'll, we'll, we have enough time for footwear conversation. 
please help us out. Help that we'll, we'll be tap dancing for six hours. I don't think so. You'll be. Are having... you part of this extravaganza? I am. I am. I'm morning? part of the uh, the round table off to the so, side. See, I just found out it was six hours. You just broke news to Did me. Did I? Yeah. As That's I the said, kind of reporter as I, I said on the show, because there were there were <laughs> TV guys. There were four guys. games. There were four <laughs> games, and we were four hours long. Now there are six yeah. games, and we're the four two games, and we're six hours long. So we are expanding in direct inverse proportion right. to the number of games. Well, Super Bowl pregame starts Monday. It does. It's, it's actually. I hate to tell you, fifteen minutes ago, you missed that meeting. <laughs> I did. So you're so so you're breaking news to me. So there, <laughs> there's there's a round table off to the side. There's a side. There's set a on the other stage where the field is. Correct. Who's going to be on that side? Uh, set Deion Sanders, Kurt Warner, Rod Woodson, and uh, oh, man. and Mr. Woodcock himself, Joe Thaisman. <laughs> <laughs> That is the most viral video I think we've it ever is, we've ever uh, awesome. put into the world from NFL Network. It's so Mr. Dion, Woodcock Dion's is here. Toe is, Dion's toe is making the rounds. Is that really? Yeah, yes. it is. I, I saw on Twitter that it was being shown on Danish television. What? The, the Woodcock? Woodcock, and then, Woodcock and then incident. Is that Dion's, what we're referring to Dion's as now? Dion's foot. Mr. Again, Woodcock. Dion showed his toe. For those of you who may not have seen it, Dion showed his toe at the end of NFL Game Day Final. I don't know why he wanted to take off his shoe, but he did. And it, it just shows you again, Dion... Uh, never had a knee injury. The right. reason why he retired is because of that awful-looking toe. Turf toe. That looks just brutal. It just sticks up. The rest of the toes look normal, and then the, the second toe sticks up. So I came up with a line in the commercial break, <laughs> and I said, Dion, can I say it? Because he knows Rex Ryan better than... I've met Rex a couple of times, and he just strikes me as just a really cool dude. I'm like, can I say this line? Will you give me permission to say this line? He goes, yes, you <laughs> should say it. it? He goes, can Rex I guess will it? love I it. Even... But you haven't seen it. But no, the... I haven't okay, seen so it. Let me guess. Line. Yeah. Toes, even Rex Ryan couldn't love. There you go. Very close. I said, I said, I said. Now there's one foot, even Rex wouldn't be into. Which I I said. I think we should have a a non beauty contest. We'll get Tori Holt, Brian Baldinger. And Dion. What's Tori Holt's issue? Uh, What's Tori Holt's his, uh, issue? Have I haven't seen, seen it. I haven't hands? seen it. I haven't seen him since we hired him here. His, his finger, finger is... goes perpendicular. It's like an L. It's like. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's like yeah. an L. So awesome. between he and Baldinger and Dion, we could have like a vote, like a NFL.com yeah, vote. Davis Who's that have you ever yeah. seen Anthony Munoz? Sure. He holds his hand up and it just looks normal and he spreads his fingers out and it's pinky. Just by spreading his That's hand, like a it pops thing? up. Like it, a Star Wars it, it, it doesn't do a Spock thing. It does the, it does the L-shaped thing. The, the pinky right. then goes 90 right. degrees it's the out. It's horrible. Lance Briggs, who you'll see here, have him. He has a great trick. He can bend his uh, index finger all the way back to, the, to his uh, forearm. Is that right? Yeah. So we should. This is this like is stupid so human tricks. Hey, I smell a game day morning mm. live shot it's right six, there. He will do it. Side Tell set. Me what side set. This is great. A, you're the producer of the side yeah. set party. Tell me what cleat side you're going to wear, and can you please bend your finger <laughs> all the way back? It's good stuff. And then well, you interviewed Lance the after the game. I did. Moments after the game. I did. He, he interrupted me like three times. It was hilarious. Briggs. He's, He's like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. He was. He did actually say at one point, "I'm sorry to interrupt you." He's a polite guy. No, he was great. He's he awesome. He was great. And, he? you know, they are so... The, the coolest thing is I, people don't quite realize until you've been in that area how close the Bears and the Packers are. Like, three hours. The Bears, right when they go the play road, them, right? they literally, yeah, they bus up. up there. Right up the so toll road. Old school. 182nd meeting all time. Phenomenal. More than any two teams have ever met in the NFL, and it's the first time they're meeting for a championship. Awesome. Can't I wait. love the Hallis and Lombardi trophy. Do you like that idea? I, that's what I, that the Bears... That the Packers can go into Soldier Field and right. win the Hallis Trophy, right. and the Bears need to beat the Packers for the right to play for the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, that's that's personal. That's pretty cool. That's personal, right there. And it goes deep to the heart of the matter, right there. <laughs> so, in, in honor of the the pre, I'm going to be there for six days since the six hour. 
pregame show. So you'll be there for one day for every hour for on there. I hate to tell you, Kara, it's now been expanded to a 10-hour show. Sorry. <laughs> Say goodbye to your family. You'll see them uh, You'll see them after the Super Bowl. Chicago's beautiful this time of year. Uh, oh, that's cold a great March. city. Yeah, it doesn't matter how cold oh, it is. It's, it's fantastic. We, we, always take a nice, we always take a nice walk yeah. around the field, you know Mike Martz do? and I, before the game. You should do a, a tweet-up. And at Kara Henderson tweet up. You know what a tweet up is? I have no well, idea. Well, you what throw it is. out there to your tweeple okay, out there, my and you pick a spot in Chicago and say, "I will be that here." That sounds like something Jim Orsay would do. Peter King does it all the time. Right. Peter King does it all the time. But I only have fourteen hundred followers. Doesn't so what matter. are the chances? That, that doesn't I, And a lot of them are in Vancouver and London. <laughs> Skype. Well, if you, have if you throw it out in. now. You give him a three day heads up. <laughs> Skype him in. Skype, and, Skype him in. Give him a three day heads up. <laughs> you know. I like it. So, which of the teams that um, that uh, got knocked out do you think has the the best future? Which one? Ravens, Falcons, Patriots, or Seahawks? Well, the which Patriots have a lot of draft picks. Two in the next four rounds. Right. That are each of the next four rounds. But I would draft. probably say the fa- the Ravens and the Falcons just because of their quarterbacks. Hmm. How about you? I think the Falcons are just their their defense did not have one complete game this whole season. So I think if they're, they're just a couple pieces away, and I think they know that. I mean, I think they, well, they, I thought they. Aaron Rodgers can make you look bad the way he's playing right now. I mean, he can make you look. I mean, Van Gorder, the defensive coordinator, he just looked shell shocked. He right. looked like the the number of the bus that hit him was twelve, <laughs> because there was no combination of players that he could throw out there. There was no defense he could dial up that could stop Aaron Rodgers running out of the pocket. Marshall Falk said he was the best thrower of the football on the run That's he has ever. Scene. Jim Morris said that yesterday, too. He reminds him, Jim said he reminds him of Montana on the run. Just how precise it's, he is. It's unbelievable. We have a caller calling in on the line. Returning to the Rich Eisen podcast is the head of the Fox Soccer Channel himself. <laughs> calling, and calling in from the golf courses, I think we can hear the worm. We are in Malibu. We are in lovely Malibu. It's 80 degrees for those of you who live in the east. Ha-ha! This is why we live in California. <laughs> worm, good for you to call in. You know how many people have been have been tweeting me saying, "Where's the worm? What's he been up to?" Can you give us a worm update on uh, on, on what's going on in your life? Uh, I am I am in week uh, three of um, a massive project, which is trying to uh, take uh, Fox Soccer to another level. You You're know, doing a great job on the golf course with it, Worm. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people some people work fifteen straight days, and others are off on weekends. Ooh, he heard that story all the way from the Malibu Golf Course. He heard that story. Hey, Wormy, and forty and forty prep days to get to the Super Bowl. That's really terrific. That's what you know. They're nick- you know, Marshall Falk has nicknamed you the Prepster. That's good. Because you're, he's nicknamed him the Prepster Worm bad because Santa he's on. A, he's been on so, Bad Santa. Right. Hey, worm, hey, Worm. Since you're yeah. since you're on the phone and it sounds like you're in Bosnia Herzegovina, can you give yeah. us a little spackle? Yeah, has Nigel, there? Yeah, has, Nigel there? has Nigel Spackle been part of the Fox Soccer Channel project? Uh, no, he has not. He's been stuck somewhere in the, uh, in the. He's been dealing with the issues in Tunisia recently. The overthrow of the government. I have five feet, by the way. Party. <laughs> give us a play-by-play. Play. Give us the play-by-play, play. Nigel Spackle style. We Nigel have, Spackle have, style. Give us the play-by-play play on the five-foot putt. We have uh, we have Jim Mooney, tape operator extraordinaire, chipping about uh, twenty-five feet up the hill. Oh my goodness! I've lost control of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you have. 
Do you have a podcast? No, my I didn't realize you were on a podcast, Rich. Hey, Worm. <laughs> and it's very, it's, oh, it could go in a hole. Oh, no. Worm is that guy in the golf course right now. He is that guy in the golf course right now, screaming in a terrible (laughs) accent uh, on a cell phone. That was very, by the way, uh, Nigel Spackle seems to have a a Colin Firth King speech type uh, uh, accent all of a sudden. That's very odd. As long as I'm nominated for an Academy Award, terrific. Hey, Worm, what do you think about Antrell Roll and Kenny Phillips calling? Have you heard this? Have you heard their comments? No. Basically, jealous of of Rex Ryan and his coaching style that their coach doesn't allow them to be themselves. And they're sort of revisiting the whole concept of Coughlin having too tight a reign on the team. What is your thoughts on that subject, Worm? My thoughts are Anshul Roll and Kenny Phillips should shut up and play football. How about that? And make some tackles when it matters. You know? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the crap. <laughs> we didn't bleep that out. I think I think that the I think the, the the reception went out at the appropriate time. The Golden so, Globes. So guy you're not it. concerned that Coughlin may may have suddenly with you know with Strahan and and, and Antonio Pierce and all those the, the close circle of te- uh, 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 of leaders that he would go to to help bridge the gap between him and the rest of the players. They're gone, and now the the, the secondary, the two guys in the secondary that matter most, are saying that maybe. Maybe they, you know, Rex Ryan's coaching style works best. As Antrell Roll said, it's 2011. That's what he said. Yeah, 2011, that's how many yards they gave up against, uh, against Green Bay and Philadelphia and all these other cats in the last three games. 2011. So what, right? do you, what do you think about the future of your Giants, your G-men? I think they're going to be fine. I think it's a whole bunch of, you know, there's frustration on their part for not making the playoffs and blowing the opportunity they had. They know they could have been a two-seed. They know they could have played Seattle. Uh, and have a chance to go over to the Super Bowl. Um, it's their fault. It's all on them. And there's being front. There's just it's just frustration. Uh, but they are uh, desperately needing help at linebacker. I have, by the way, I have three and a half feet, right to left for Birdie. So you're all fired up. You're going to overshoot it by about right. ten. Do you feet. want to put the phone put the phone down and putt? No, no, no. We're going to talk and putt at the same time here. Okay. Could you do it in your golf voice, Worm? No. That's Worm's golf I guess voice. he missed it. I guess he shoved it right. <laughs> I knocked it nine feet past the hole. Uh oh. Well, we don't want to take uh, up two more of your time, but so so you're fine. Would you fire Gilbride? Yes, I would fire Gilbride. Gilbride should have been fired the first day uh, after the season was over. Special teams coordinator should have been fired. Um, it's just well, all these other teams. Look, <laughs> Andy Reid. They they get to the playoffs. They win the division. And what does Andy Reid do? He fires his defensive corner because he's not good enough, right? That's, that tells me that they want to get better. That's what that tells me, mm-hmm. that they're not satisfied, right? <laughs> Didn't Pete Carroll fire, uh, Jeremy, Bates. fire Jeremy Bates today? Yes, All right, did. that same thing. He wants to get better. Why he got fired, I don't know. I mean, it makes no sense. But um, that, to me, that's, that's what needs to be done. I saw, him, I saw him hit a security guard in the back with a football before a game a couple weeks ago. Is that right? Worm? No, Jeremy Bates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Worm, uh, last, last, uh, last thoughts on the playoff weekend and what you think moving ahead for the Super Bowl. Well, Packers should win because it's a better team, but special teams uh, could be a big factor for uh, – and field position could be a big factor for mm-hmm. the Bears. Right. Um, just not sold on Cutler. They've had an easier ride of it the last month, so they're probably fresher. Uh, than a team that's had to win 
three consecutive basically playoff games in a row. So who do the Packers play? Uh, I think uh, something tells me that uh, You're I, think them. Jets are gonna, I think the Jets are going <laughs> to fall again. I think they're going to they're going to fall a little bit short. It's hard to win. Palomano's playing this time. It's hard to win back to back in Pittsburgh like that. Steelers, um, Steelers Packers would be Fox. Oh, oh my God, how would Fox? Would Fox? Can you imagine I mean, the fans? D- David Hill is probably putting. Uh, it's something on an altar somewhere, burning candles around, hoping for that. I think any any combination, even Jets Bears would be. I Jets Bears would be huge. But I, I mean, Steelers yeah. Packers, two brand, two international brands. Just imagine that scene, that stadium. Oh my too. gosh! Just oh, all, all week long. Can you imagine what it's going to be Lord. like in Dallas? Uh, Worm, before we let you go back to your uh, your your golfing, can you <laughs> sure. give us can you give us an update on the dating front? Can you give us? Oh. Can you fill us in on what's happened since we last spoke? Uh, it Uh-oh. is. I don't know if David Dallas at the tee here. Just want to wait for one second here. Oh, he's going to get a good one. Um, uh, I'd rather... Uh, there's an opportunity to use bad language right now, no. but I'm not going to. No. But, but no. I will say that it, it's, it's, it is... I, it's, it, I can't even figure it out. It's not even... Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to describe on a podcast on the phone. <laughs> you, need a, you need a little bit of time. You need kind of beer. You, you need, need to lie down on the couch. Yeah. More, more importantly, Worm, are you wearing shants on the golf course? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's the white golf shirt. Oh, Worm's hit a stanchion about 45 yards off the tee. What is David Hill going to think when he hears this, that his new vice president <laughs> it's his of soccer? The guy's got to, the guy's got to, <laughs> okay. you, you can't be all soccer all the time. No. you gotta, you got to mix it in every night. And it, you go to the Matterhorn. He goes and golfs yeah, with, da- with Chris Wirtz and and uh, and Fowler and Mooney, Mooney yeah. all those guys. Hey, Worm, call me off the air. We'll discuss the the lady situation. I'll give you some pointers. Uh, you're, you're, it'll be more than just pointers needed, I think, on this one. No, oh, Worm. Oh, dear. All right, I didn't mean to bring it up. Then, Downer. Right? Just... All right, Worm. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Be there. There you go. <laughs> it's Jason Wormser, former NFL Network senior producer. <laughs> Now, uh, now the head of the Fox Soccer out. Channel. You and, called uh, him out on the air about his yeah, dating, dating life. You guys, this is the podcast. Well, really, hey, I got, this is like the Howard Stern I, that's show. That's a request from a tweeter saying, "Where's Worm? <laughs> Where's Worm?" I could call that one up. Actually, I got, I got a tweet. So but everything so, is. So while you do that, let me explain what chants he's been are. On the because air. We, he's been on the air. Worm has worn chants when he went on vacation. Those are those great pants that you can zip off at the knee. Right. <laughs> Remember chants. Mike Mariano, who who is one of our other great oh, uh, senior producers. There Calling we go. Out worm on the shants. On the shants. Shants. My gosh. But do you wash them separately? Do you wash the bottom part separately than the top? Or I, if if I together? answered that, that would that would it, that, that would yeah, mean that I wear shants. Um, and you shant. And I shant ever wear shants. <laughs> I put the shant in shants. Does that make sense? Or am yeah, I allowed I know, to say that on it, a yeah. podcast? Absolutely. Oh boy. But everything's fair game here. Vacations, off days, mm-hmm. dating lives. I, I I I dare say. We didn't yeah. really call Rich out on anything. Though, what do you call? What what's to call me out on? Okay, welching on a uh, on a friendly wager what at the Apple Pan. You never well, went to the Pan. Well, here's the deal. Uh, because I I finished so poorly in the games picking contest last year that I by the way won in style, oh. high stepping, hand behind my head, holding the football up, prime time type win style that I won this year. Last year I finished more than twenty back. 
And not only do you buy the trophy, the, the team that's further, that loses buys the trophy for the winner. But if you're finished 20 back, then you also have to buy Apple Pan hamburgers for the whole crew. Right. And you didn't do that. Well, every time, uh, the only times that everybody could supposedly get together for this is because was after uh, Sundays, the last two Sundays, which is at the back end of a Saturday-Sunday double dip for me, eight and a half hours of pregame show, two hours of postgame show, oh my God. wake up at the crack of dawn You're on right. that Sunday. Right. I oh, haven't seen my kid much. in two days. What am I going to go do? Hang and watch... Watch Worm. Bottom line is, you pick, promised pick, Apple Pan. Pick you the, deliver Apple Pan. I, I wanna, that's I what I want to do. Visual. After all of that, is I want to hang with Worm and Wurtz and watch them pick uh, onions. I, I didn't out of realize their teeth. it was manual labor here. It's not manual labor. It's <laughs> it like is. let's pick a more fan-friendly time, and I will be more than happy to do that. And and uh, well, really, it's an art watching Mariucci eat eat at the Apple Pan. Well, we should call him out if we call that because we know Gail's not listening to the podcast, but he is a secret eater. Oh dear, secret. yes he is. I give me. Mooch. Oh, it's funny. He he was eating. He was eating. He was eating at seven a.m. in between the first and second hours of game day morning, uh, and then he was eating a little bit later. So it was, the show's over. <laughs> show's over. We go in the green room, and he's looking at the buffet again. And I forget. I think it was Andy Gregg or something like that. Goes Mooch. You hungry? <laughs> Like I always that. say that to him. I'm like, you should have a little something. He is because a professional, you should have a little something. He's a professional snacker. Dion left a plate of food outside of his <laughs> office at like three in the afternoon. <laughs> Mooch opens the door up and he goes, who left this out here? And Dion goes, you hungry, Mooch? He's Mooch could take down tough. Kobayashi. <laughs> give, him a, give him like a good month of He's training. He's a professional eater. He's a professional okay, eater. Okay, so you're going to Chicago doing yes, reports am. for Total Access all week, up to the minute. Are you going to be up to the minute as and well? And around the corner. And, and down, around the league. Yeah. Whatever they are. Whatever I can't they... keep track. It's funny. I just saw the pre-taping of up to the minute that there's... Uh, oh, why would we pre-tape up to the minute? Uh, why would we make it up to the minute? No, no, no. There was like a... Uh, because there's all sorts of... Uh, uh, Darren Horton was reading the entire Jets season. The highlights of the entire Jet season right. for up to the minute. So up to the minute is talking about stuff that was four months old. I don't understand. I don't. I'm confused. They're taking you up to the minute. But, it's but, but when you're minute. around the league, you're literally taken around the league. No, but the, but the show airs mm-hmm. up to the minute. What are the games? I what don't even games? know the games. <laughs> what are the games? I don't even know the games. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. There you go. Well, we know the games. There's three games left. Uh, so, uh, And you're going to be roundtabling. I'll be roundtabling. So you're going to be there crack of dawn on Sunday morning. Right. I'll be there when you're there. Let's go to the Apple Pan afterwards. I'm up Let's for it. Let's see if you're up for that now, I'm tough up for guy. it. I love the Apple Pan. After, will, you be at, will you be around for the post game as well? After the post game? You're up for that? Tough guy? No, no. You'd like to <laughs> yeah, tap let's out. let's do it. No, no, let's no, no. It. I'm in. No, no, no. It's, it's okay. Do the roundtable. No, no, no. I'm in. Do the roundtable round... and go off to Tomorrowland. You'll be fine. <laughs> Fantasy land. You'll be fine. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome, buddy. Thanks for having me. You bet. Kara Henderson and Bardia Charest. Let's get to our final guest on this edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. You can see him right now in theaters uh, in the film How Do You Know? You saw him on Saturday Night Live in December with none other than Paul freaking McCartney. Uh, He is the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan that I know, actually. His name is Paul Rudd, and he's on the podcast. How are you, Paul? I'm I'm great. I'm just happy to be on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm happy to be talking to you, Rich. Thank you. I you appreciate. Said, you that. said, you know, you said Papa John's. Mm-hmm. You could, and then you didn't even pause, and you said you could see him now. And then you went in it, movie, well, in the movies, and I, and you, know, you were referring to me. But when I was listening to you say all that, mm-hmm. and for a second I thought. Papa John's, you can see him now. And I'm thinking, like, I, can I get to? I can see Papa John. No, actually, uh, Papa John is my nickname for Jack Nicholson, uh, who is in your film. Ah, so, Papa John, yeah. You know what I mean? That's uh, yeah. th- that's how I'm rolling. You know, because me and Jack are tight. 
like that. All right, yeah, yeah. He talked about you a lot. <laughs> did, he, <laughs> did he? It took you out of some scenes, I bet. It was weird. It was weird. It threw me a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's. Where do we start? Where do we start? I you... asked. I said. I said. You know. Have you? Uh, you listen to the Eisen podcast? Said, you can't handle the podcast. <laughs> stay over. And that was again. You know, that, I sat on that. Sat on that joke. I should have <laughs> stayed sitting on it. <laughs> no, you could have busted that out around the ten minute mark, oh, maybe. God. So I, when I say where do we start, where do we start with you and and the National Football League here? Do we let, all right? Let's start with the Chiefs. Do you okay. have anything you want to get off your chest, do you, or do you want to laud them for a season that uh, few people expected? Yeah, it was very exciting to be a Chiefs fan this year. I mean, you know, it was uh, they're a fun team to watch. I like Haley. I uh, I love Jamal Charles. I love you know like I I, uh, I love Thomas Jones. Always have. Mm-hmm. Um, underappreciated player, I think. Um, and then, you know, Bo, of course, lighting it up the second half of the season. It was just, it was, it was exciting to see, you know, I grew up rich, as you know, for the most part in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I moved there when I was 10. And when I was a kid, I was a Steeler fan, a fanatic, you know. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I moved away from Kansas City that I kind of started getting into the Chiefs. But, I, you know, I like the Chiefs and I like the Royals, and it's tough. That's tough to be a fan. <laughs> That's tough sledding. Um and uh, and it's just, you know, you hear every year it's a rebuilding year. When you just hear that you're just always rebuilding, it's it's not really a rebuilding year. It's just oh, we're, it's just not it's just not that good this year. But you thought but, you were going to be rebuilding this year, you know, and, and look what just, happened. Yeah, it, it 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 seemed like some of these things locked into place, um, you know, quicker than I, than most people imagined, and um, and it's really exciting. And hopefully, it'll it will um, you know. Trans, uh, translate into uh, an even better season next year and, and more wins and, and more experience. And, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be great if, if that happens. Were you able to get to Arrowhead at all this year? I was able to get to the last two games, to mm-hmm. Tennessee and, the, and Oakland. So you saw a win. And... I saw the, yeah, I saw a win and then, the, and then uh, 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 not a win. <laughs> <laughs> a loss to the Raiders that, yeah. uh, that I think was – what uh, our our old English teachers would call a harbinger. That was a harbinger, unfortunately yeah. for you. Yeah. And then the Ravens. Yeah, so you it did. Was. It you was were, a glimpse into the future. Was so you were. I, I know you again. You're a busy man. You've got films all over the place. Your all over the place. Your career's blowing up. It's crazy. But so you were there for week seventeen. You couldn't stay for the playoff game. You couldn't stick around for uh, for the big uh, one. Um, I I actually was. I thought about. Um, Flying back, I had to come back to New York. I was mm-hmm. in New York. I had, to, I had to be back here, and then I thought about trying to get back for that weekend, but I, uh, w- I was unable to. And, and actually, watching it on TV, I was kind of like, "Oh, I'm kind of glad I, I didn't make the flight." <laughs> right, right. It, I mean, yeah, it, it seems like the, the the Chiefs barely made it to the game, let alone you. Uh, but you are, I mean, you're legit. You are legit because I remember when you first came on NFL Network. Mm-hmm. We were like uh, two years old at the time. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. And you down. showed up. You remember how you showed up? for where what, what you were wearing when you came on the set Do you remember uh, that? short shorts no 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 <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, yeah the, i think it was from the marty schottenheimer collection of 1991 <laughs> shorts the, collection the schottenheimer line <laughs> oh yeah he put out people don't know that he put out a really uh, a really nice a lot of yeah. tan mm-hmm. yeah and it, uh it was, yeah it made john stockton look like he was wearing a kilt <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was not much to the imagination. No, you were wearing you were wearing some uh, you were wearing your Chiefs jersey. I was wearing a Chiefs jersey. It might have been a Will Shields. Yes, jersey. given to you. It was game. It was game worn. Will yeah. Shields. Yeah, it was a game worn Will Shields jersey. Did I always liked it because I always liked you know I am no Will and and mm-hmm. uh, friends with the, with the man and. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, you know, my family has worked with his foundation, and and he's a he's a quality individual. Um, but I've always like admired the offensive linemen because I just think that they never ever get the props that you know they're not the stars on the team. Mm-hmm. They're they're essential for a, a good offense. Wouldn't you say? Would you say an, an, a good offensive line is essential for a good offense? I do say That's that. That's the kind of football mind I have, Rich. Paul Rudd, you're in the trenches, brother. Yeah, no, this is this is. You're in the trenches, but yeah. did Will? Did Will ever take you to a Pro Bowl? Because I know he invited. Did, did you ever go to a Pro Bowl with him? No, no, I never did. Which uh, I hear is a blast. And uh, oh my goodness, yeah, I never. I never went. Because I remember you were talking one year that you might show with Will, because he went every year. Yeah, every year. You've got to do this, though. When, there's no if, when he goes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You you must go when he goes. I will. Shields. You will. I will, Shields. You should do that. That, Yeah, I was upset that I never actually made it over to to, uh, to, um, Hawaii for the, the... Pro Bowl mm-hmm. when Will was when Will was there. You were in the uh, NFL Network Hollywood Fantasy Football League back in the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, you and uh, and uh, the Good Wife's Josh Charles went at it many times. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, I, was, I saw him last night. You know, Josh is a Ravens fan. Yes, he is. And he. Uh, oh, did he give you grief? Back uh, well, we last did. Week? He, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of um, smack talk that week, <laughs> uh, and we were sending each other, you know. Uh, pretty rough uh, emails and texts and and and, and good natured. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the Ravens lost to the Steelers, I didn't I didn't say anything really. Yeah, you got to give him space. Yeah, you got to give him space. And then and then uh, and then I was I saw him last night mm-hmm. and uh, and w- was with him when the when the Jets beat the Patriots, which uh-huh. you know was for me super exciting. <laughs> I love it. Why is uh, that? Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why did you? Because well, I love the Jets too. I mean, the, okay. truthfully, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Steelers. I would say would be my three favorite teams. I know that they're all AFC. It doesn't make any sense, right? Um, but uh, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I mean, I live in New York. Yeah. And I've always, I don't know, I've always liked the Jets. Um, but it, I, you know, I, I think it's great to see the Jets actually beat the Patriots. And but then to be with Josh. Who you know had the Ravens then beaten the Steelers? They would have had a home game. He was he, he was apoplectic last night. He just got oh. upset all over again because it made it worse. It made it worse. Oh, that's right. Because the Jets would have had to go to the Ravens. Yeah, and and he thinks that that you know the Ravens would have won that game. Oh well, you know, listen, they couldn't beat that. They, they just had it just blew up in their faces in the third quarter of that yeah. game. It was it was ugly. Yeah. You know, and then Flacco, you know, it's so difficult to watch a seven foot tall dude play so small and as he did mm-hmm. uh, in that game. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm breaking it down with you right now, by the way, Paul. Yeah. No, I love what you're doing. <laughs> How did your fantasy teams do this year? Were you in because were, were, you're normally in like 80 leagues at once, right? Or you know, uh, uh Two. I'm in two. Okay, you've you've uh, weeded, you've, I, you've narrowed it down. I did one. I did two this year. Mm-hmm. I've um, uh, it, you know, I uh, 
I did not great. I, I you know, one, one, I, this is the, this is what's so frustrating. One league I did really well and thought I had the thing won. And then in the playoffs, I just have one bad showing and then that's it. That's the way it goes. Look you know? what the Patriots did yesterday. It's yeah, like exactly. fantasy and reality are exactly. sometimes the same there. Yeah. yeah. And then in my, and then in, in uh, my other league, you know, it was one of those, I had a t- more points just about than anybody. And I ever, it just happened that every week I played the person that had the most points. I would have beaten nine tenths of the league, but I played the guy who actually had the, the most points, and it, just, it was just an unfortunate schedule. But no excuses, Rich. I, I, I'm not <laughs> no going to make them. I just want all of your <laughs> listeners to know yeah. that it was just bad luck. Oh man! <laughs> now you told me uh, uh, back um, in the day. Mm-hmm. By in the day, I mean ten minutes ago before we did this interview. Sure. That uh, you got into who got you into fantasy football? Uh, your buddy John Ham. John Ham, yeah, because he he spent our, our he, mutual friend John uh, John Ham. This was about God seven years ago. Now you go way back with John. Well, I go John and I go way back. We go back to our teenage years, and uh, and John was playing. You know, John's from St. Louis, and he yes. had some buddies from St. Louis that you know, he played in a league with. And I said, I said, you know, I'd heard about this fantasy football, but I didn't, I, I didn't know. Um, you know, I'd never played it. And I said, do you, do you do this? And he goes, yeah, I do it with some, you know. I said, oh, I'd like to try it. Mm-hmm. This was before it swept the nation. And it swept you up, too. And it swept me. Oh, did So it John Hamm got you, Paul Rudd, into the fantasy He got me him. into the fan. He got me, uh, John Hamm, you know, uh, he, he he introduced me to it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, and so I joined his league, and it, and it was, and we had, uh, I got first pick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. You know, I didn't really know how anything really worked. I didn't right. really understand it yet. So who'd you take with the first well, pick? Well, the first pick, I took Marshall Falk, which was the consensus first pick. This is 2003, was, right? This would have been 2003. Yeah, yeah. he was on the cover of Madden, uh, of the Madden game. Yeah. He so, was yeah, lighting he was, it up. He was, my, he was my first pick. And then, and then we watched the, I remember, Tony, it was the first, C, the first game, and this was back before, you know, normally it's like you can't make a waiver claim while a game is going on, <laughs> and you have to wait until Wednesday or Tuesday, something, right. until it goes through, and, right. you know. Um, this didn't exist then. Then it was like whoever just got, there was no barrier. Whoever got to the player first, even if it was during a game, you could, uh, you know, mm-hmm. take him on. And, and I remember it was like, I said, John, did you see this guy? His name's Anquan Bolden. He lit it up for the Cardinals, you know, like 230 yards or right. something, his first game, and and he's like, no, who? I go, his name's Anquan Bolden. He's a, it was incredible. He, and this was like during the game, I think, he, he the first week. And mm-hmm. So then he just went and added Anquan Bolden. Like, I didn't understand that I could have done that. So he, and he, I think, might have won the league that year because of that. See, it and, might have been. Yeah. And then, so you got you got uh, a baptism by fantasy football fire right there, where oh, you've got to keep that, your thoughts to yourself. Yeah, yeah. you got to be stealth about it. But yeah, yeah and yeah. Look, and you've you've certainly done wonders with that lesson. Oh, because I've been in leagues with you in which you've kicked my ass personally. Well, again, it's all with the it's Jeff all, uh, It's you know, it's a, it's fluke. It's really it's it's, <laughs> it's how how it goes that week. You never know. Mm-hmm. Any given Sunday, Rich. In fantasy or reality. In fantasy or reality. Do you have Do you have a Super Bowl prediction? Can you give it to me now that it's just four teams left? Oh, four boy. teams left. Jets and Steelers. You two of your three. Yeah. Odd, your odd tapestry of AFC fa- uh, fandom. You know what's really cool is that I like all of these teams. <laughs> I really do like all of these teams. Right. And this isn't me being politically correct because I'm very vocal about teams I don't like. Um. 
like the Dallas Cowboys. What do you got uh, against the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, well, just that I've always hated the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Being a Steelers fan, also as a kid. Oh, that's true. Like, there you go. Kind of, now that makes sense. Um, but uh, but I do like. Yeah, I really like the Packers. I like the Bears. Um, not a huge Bears fan, but I, I like them. And uh, I think that I think that it. My prediction it would be a. I think I would say a Packers Steelers Super Bowl. Mm. Um, but uh, and if that was the case, I'd love. That's a great Super Bowl. It would be. Well, I think any. Uh, any combination of what's remaining will be yeah, a great Yeah, I Super do Bowl. too. I mean, I really, I think it would be really exciting. Obviously, if the Jets got to go. If the Jets um, play the Bears, if the Jets play the Packers, they've already played both of those teams this year. If the page, if they, if the uh, uh, Steelers played the Bears or the Packers, that would be phenomenal as well. So I think uh, any combination that's remaining. Although I would like to see Aaron Rodgers on on the the big stage with how hot he's playing right God, now. God, that guy is good, isn't he? It's I like him. It's unbelievable yeah. what he's doing right now. Yeah. I had him on my team this year. And then it, I had him in one of my leagues this year, too. Uh, and then the one game he didn't play because of his concussion was the fan, the uh, fantasy playoff week in which Warren Sapp got me. That was oh. my, That's my lamentation. You got sapped. I got <laughs> I did get sapped. It's tough to do, by the way, and survive it. But, yeah. here, but here I am telling the sad tale. No. To you, I'm glad you've got. I'm glad you're here to tell it. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk some. Film. I've been Benny Sapped. I've, you've... <laughs> not as bad. No, but it's not. Like, you know, you feel it. You feel it. <laughs> it, you know, uh, it still leaves a mark. No, no, it leaves a mark. <laughs> you've been Benny Sapped. Oh man, I want to ask you about some of my favorite scenes of your uh, movies that you've done. Okay, Afternoon Delight. In Anchorman, yeah. Where did that come from? I asked that of Will Ferrell when he was on uh, earlier this season, and um, I don't know what happened. We sort of got off on a on an odd tangent after that. Where did the afternoon delight scene it come came, from? It came about uh, when they were we were sitting at the news desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Steve Carell and I were sitting there. They were they were setting up lights or something. We're all just kind of hanging out, and Steve. I had been playing some seventies music, and I think that song had come out. We were talking about that song, yes. and uh, and Carell said we should learn that song because it's four part harmony. We could learn four part harmony. We thought if we ever had to go on a talk show or something, we could sing it. Mm-hmm. We just thought it'd be funny and kind of stupid. It wasn't ever part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, um, mentioned it to Adam McKay, mm-hmm. the director, right. And he said, "Oh, you guys should learn it." And I said, "Well, my friend Craig is in town. Craig Wedren. He does, mu- you know, he does music and he's a musician. He could come in and like show us, teach us our parts." So he goes, "Yeah." So I called him. He came down that day. And then a week later, uh, we're, we're doing this that scene in the movie. And uh, Adam said, "Let's sing Afternoon Delight in this scene. It would work." But we weren't it, prepared for it. We never really thought we would actually do that. And so right. then we just went, you know, went to the side for about twenty minutes and tried to learn it and then sang it and like you know obviously like in the movie we're really singing it yes you are we're really, <laughs> you're really putting it was, into it there's no lip syncing going on there so um but it it that's it it was uh it was a total kind of just random idea that somehow you know made it into the movie which is great because it's it i i'd never experienced anything like that before you know usually these <laughs> movies are they're kind of written beforehand and, right. and thought out and mm-hmm. And this one seemed like, wow, 
somebody has an idea, let's just do it. Right. And it's 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 not unlike that feeling that you get when you're in high school and you have a video camera and you're making movies with your buddies and you're like, let's do this. This seems funny. And uh, and that's how that came about. Yeah, I I, I mentioned also the the second movie uh, to 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 Will about uh, that Anchorman had that's the, that you gave me the DVD copy of. Uh, of uh, I guess the second film that wake up Ron Burgundy wake, in, wake up Ron Burgundy that had the scene in it that somehow didn't make the original movie of the four of you mm-hmm. in the car right with, with Dave Keckner <laughs> going uh, <laughs> screaming at uh, Ron Burgundy about how much he loves him yeah. it's an, it, it, that was one of the hardest. For all of us to not like to try and keep our composure. Yeah, because Keckner you're all so funny you're that. all stone faced, right? And mm-hmm. and Dave Keckner is in the back seat, just screaming and yelling about how much he loves Ron Burgundy. Yeah, it was also so hot. <laughs> it, it was it, that scene. It was so hot that none of us were wearing pants. <laughs> I swear to God, we had we, all of us took our pants off. It was about 120 <laughs> degrees. So you're pantsless. We're all pantsless. How could you keep a straight face throughout that whole thing? I don't know if it helped or it hurt. <laughs> but we were all, I think the, the heat helped in that, like, it was just all, all we could do. We were also miserable. But, um, but yeah, it was really hard. I mean, we, we would always crack up uh, throughout, you know. I was the worst at it too. Those guys, those guys are all like second city and right. trained, and you know, like, uh, you know, they're good at kind of keeping it together. I, I always thought that I was pretty good at it, but um, I'm, I realize, you know, I'm not. <laughs> and then uh, the the Steve Carell uh, chest waxing scene in Forty Year Old Virgin, where he yeah, yeah. literally is getting his chest waxed. That is, yeah, incredible. yeah, he, he was really getting waxed. And and you you suggested to him a, a particular ad lib, correct? For that scene? Oh, uh, no. Well, we were all kind of like writing uh, everybody, as, as we sometimes do in uh, in these things. You know, we all kind of throw out ideas and mm-hmm. jokes and, and write stuff down and, and all of that. But um, I, I remember thinking like the funniest thing in the world was just him yelling Kelly Clarkson. But <laughs> that that was uh, – that I, I want to say that was either Steve or Seth maybe – Seth Rogen. It might have been Seth that came up with Kelly Clarkson, or it might have been Steve. Um, if that's what if that's what you were alluding. Yes, to. that's what I was alluding. Because somebody to. asked me this too. They, 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 they said like, "Oh, I heard that you, that, that was your joke." I, I I wish it was. It's just too good. But, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I not, thought it was, but he yeah. just decided to yell out Kelly Clarkson Kelly as Clarkson. he's getting the hair ripped from his chest. Yeah, that's what makes it. I think just it, because of all the other horrible stuff he yells. <laughs> Not to deconstruct the thing, but that made it even funnier. And like just all of this profanity, and then just Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that you know, that must have. He was really bleeding. I mean, it was a really, it was it was not a. They had five cameras because once you shoot it, you can't reset. No, you do it again. You cannot reset chest hair back yeah. onto somebody's chest. Yeah. That is so, that's a tough one. Yeah, and are you making um, not a sequel to Knocked Up, but reprising your character? From knocked up is that a true yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, kind of a uh, 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 same character, but a different current story. And, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but a, the same character. That's on your plate. If that's you on. Will. That's on. Is that's that on, on the plate? That's, that's on the what, Paul Rudd plate. That's what's. Uh, I'm gonna. That's on my plate, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, dig into that meal. <laughs> uh, come summer, 2011. <laughs> gonna take. Gonna take a. 
right. a, a bite out of Pete. What, <laughs> what else is coming up? What else, what else can I expect out of you, Paul? Oh, boy. Let's see. Promote yourself. Let's do it. I know you don't like to do that, but I'm, well, let's, let's do it. What else? I, you know, I, I, there, I, did, I don't know. There's nothing that's really – I did this movie that's called My Idiot Brother right. that uh, uh, is, is playing in the Sundance Film Festival. There you go. But it's not – I don't even know if it'll come out. You know, it's, it's, that's the thing with these um, – And that's with, where you're going. You're going – Indies. You're, you're going yeah. are you, are you, you're to you're, – are you going skiing? Do you ski or do you apre ski? I'm a horrible go there. Skier. So do you apre uh, ski when you I like an apre ski. I like an I like to ski, um, but I, I just I suck so bad. Uh, <laughs> I've ne- I was thinking maybe I'd try snowboarding. I've never tried it, but then it, you need four days to I, I hear to. Like, I am so bad at skiing, Paul. It's not funny, and I tried it once because again, you know my wife, you know Suze, mm-hmm. and we she skis like she zips down, zip yeah. zip zip zip. Yeah. Me, uh, she goes. I, I, I keep falling, and she try to stick, you know, stick with me. Mm-hmm. So I just said, "Forget it. Go. Just go down the hill. Go down the hill." I don't. I because I, I was embarrassed. We just got married. You know, I don't want her to yeah. see me like this. So she's all the way to the bottom of the hill, and it was sort of probably like out of Bugs Bunny, where you just watched the the character go three feet and boom, and then three feet boom the whole way. I finally get down. She tries not to laugh. She comes up to kiss me. And just, I guess, the vision of seeing me fall down the mountain revisited her brain, so she laughed and snotted all over my face <laughs> for the cherry on top. That, oh. that is why I apre-ski instead of ski. <laughs> that is, uh, that's great. I've been there. I mean, I haven't been snotted on by, <laughs> by Susie. But no, no, or anybody, I, I, I imagine. But, I probably because, you know, it was people. cold. It I'm was sure cold. a few people in my day have... <laughs> uh, not on me, but I, uh, uh, but I had that similar. Th- I went to a charity event mm-hmm. once, and, I, and it was like a ski event. It was like a ski classic. Um, <laughs> classic. It was a ski classic for uh, for the Christopher Reeve Foundation, which I thought was like that seems kind of weird. But <laughs> right. it, was, it was it was you know it was a, it was a great event uh, to uh, raise money for spinal injuries. And right, so, and that was your last. Why not have a ski event? Uh, but uh, so um, I said, well, I don't really ski. I've been a few times, mm-hmm. but I'm really bad. They said, oh, God, please. There are so many people that are coming to this that don't ski. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, I, so I got there. It was like, and they had, it was a, the event was a slalom, and it was two people. You know, you'd race somebody. Mm-hmm. It was already right there, way above my level. And, and it wasn't a big hill, but it was big enough. And I looked at everybody skied. And um, everyone was like kind of, kind you know, I mean, some were better than others. Some people were really good, and, mm. and other people were, were like adequate. And then I just tried to do it by myself, and I couldn't get down. Like I couldn't. I kept falling, <laughs> and there were and, um, and so they had to kind of help me down. The no, road. no. And I, and then so then finally, you know, it was uh, different uh, actors and athletes and stuff like that. And uh, this was uh, years ago, but uh, it was at the classic. It was at the classic, and I went down, and finally I was like, my race. They gave me. A head start. The only one that was like, uh, they let me go before the person I was racing. Before the person I was racing, and then I got uh, a major. Are you still there, by the way? I am. I think there's okay, a call a, waiting or something call, like There's that. a call waiting there. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but oh, great! That's my mom. I'm gonna let it go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer. Um, uh, so then I, I was the only person that got a head start. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of my story, Mom. Well, if she's anything like my mom, she'll call right back. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, she'll keep calling. <laughs> Why didn't you pick up the phone? Uh, <laughs> I anyway, thought you were I, home. Oh, 
God, I know. I'm going to have to. But just as you're getting to the end of the classic yes, story. Was like, uh, that was like right at the punchline. <laughs> so mom, they gave you a head start at the classic. I and thought you for can't sure we done. got disconnected. Right. And they, but where I was going with it was yes. I got a head start. I was right. the only one in this thing that was able to like get a bit of a head start. And I still got my ass kicked by Winnie from the Wonder Years. <laughs> Danica, Danica McKellar, <laughs> who I believe is a, a very accomplished mathematician. Yes. <laughs> she just crushed me as I got, like, you know, right. a major head start on a bunny slope. Right, and then she whipped you in and algebra. she kicked my ass in algebra, <laughs> yes. in ski. She, you know why? She took into account the angle of the mountain. She did. Yes. She yeah. looked at it like a beautiful mind. There Her some... skis are X. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Paul, Paul Rudd is Y. Yes. As in, uh, why is he skiing like why, that? Why did he agree to come to this and embarrass himself in front of hundreds of people? All right, so you'll go off to Sundance, just get my idiot brother distributed, picked yeah. up and distributed. And well, we'll see. Ski. You know, you never know. You never know. But, um,. But that so that's the only that's that's the only thing that uh, is in the can, as they say. Yeah, as they say. Okay. They, they very good. Being the uh, the Van Patten family, <laughs> it's in the can. All right, Paul. Thanks for the uh, the chat. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this, Rich. When is it going to When is it going to be on TV? It's <laughs> it's actually going to be on the internet. It's going to live forever on uh, on iTunes and NFL.com. Live forever. This thing will never go away. Oh God, really? Yeah, really. There's nothing, nothing can be done about it. The story of my wife snotting all over my face is nothing. <laughs> my mother's. Uh, yes, your mother's right? call yeah. waiting. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, should be the name of your next movie, My Mother's Call Waiting. My Mother's Call Waiting. So, yeah, run that up the, the Apatow uh, flagpole and see if it flies. <laughs> it could be a bromance. could be a bromance around that somehow. Yep, yep. Paul, thanks again, man. I appreciate it, and uh, congrats on uh, on your Chiefs. They're thank gonna, you. they're moving up and forward. Thank you, uh, thank you, Rich, and um, thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> I, I, thank enjoy, you. I really did enjoy it. And, thank you, me um, too. And I look forward to uh, seeing you and Susie yeah. uh, soon, and uh, and, this, and and hearing uh, which is a great job you're mm-hmm. going to continue to do for the rest of the NFL season yes. and beyond. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you out here in LA, Paul. Sounds good, Paul Rudd, everybody. Lots of fun, this podcast. The worm reappeared on the golf course in Malibu, hard at work, trying to make the Fox Soccer Channel better. Kara Henderson and Bardia Shireas, I want to thank them for taking time out of their busy schedules to join the podcast once again. Phil Sims of CBS, I want to thank him and also the University of Michigan's new head coach, Brady Hoke, all on this edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. We'll know... Who plays in the Super Bowl next time we meet here on NFL.com and on iTunes? Always please do follow me on Twitter at Rich Eisen. Also on my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Rich Eisen. And again, always, if you're out there rescuing an animal, pet, dog, cat, have them spayed or neutered. Thanks for listening to the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Enjoy Championship Sunday, everybody. Stay listening, dear friends. 